0: Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to Bluenile.com to get 30% off select lab grown diamonds. That's Bluenile.com for 30% off lab grown diamonds. Bluenile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, My name's Pete Allison and here's Dave Cribb. Ahoy, hoy, hello.
2: Someone tweeted us fairly recently and uh, I don't remember who it was or what exactly they said, so it's not a great anecdote. But basically they'd just come across the episode where Ahoy Hoy was born. Um, and they sort of, they sort of tweeted us to, to note it as a momentous occasion. And that, was that
1: was, I imagine that was quite some time ago. Yeah,
2: yeah, ages ago, like in the in the early days, I imagine. But um, uh, yeah, I just I just thought it'd be worth noting that uh, moment in history, Pete. I, from, I've noted it. I have noted it. Noted and appreciated. That's all I want. I Feel like we should start with a, an, a small apology this week before we get into. Oh no, what, what have we done? Well, we haven't done anything bad. We've just been um, slightly negligent, I'd say.
1: Wow, uh, that sounds quite plausible.
2: Yes, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Because our filing system here at Friends with Friends is, I'd say, limited at best and non-existent at realistic. Uh, So, uh, you know, we have now spent nearly, I think, over 20 episodes, or this is the 20th episode of the sort of uh, listener request system that we've got. And they come in via Instagram, they come in via Twitter, don't they? They come in via Facebook. So last week's episode, the one with the late Thanksgiving, requested by Lisa, I noticed in my scouring of the messages this week, was also requested by Ketsia.
1: And
2: we didn't uh, do a sort of joint... This has been jointly requested by two people, and I feel bad. So I just wanted to give Ketsia a shout-out, because she listens to Pete from new zealand oh wow potentially our furthest reaching listener yeah i mean she doesn't come to england to pick up the podcast and take well, it home she, with should. Her. She, <laughs> should. she nips across once a week picks it up pops it in a bag straight back on the old plane um anyway she says i love 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 your podcast so four loves and i think that 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 you know we always say that's the way to get read out on the podcast don't we and uh, i just yeah. feel like i don't want to neglect her. we lied well not now we're we're rectifying our errors okay good good Um, and then uh, yeah she just said she came across the podcast during lockdown in New Zealand got me through the long days then friends came on New Zealand Netflix uh, which made her day month week and year good and put a little uh, music emoji after that and then, yeah, I'd be so happy if you guys did the episode, the one with the late Thanksgiving, Series 10, Episode 8. So do you know what, Ketsia? We've already done it for you. We there did, you yeah. Shesha goes on to say, I know you don't rate Series 10, but this episode is so funny. I feel like that's me. I think I'm the two, Season 10 naysayer. I, I, yeah?
1: I'm on board with it. Yeah,
2: you're a late, you're a later, aren't you? You're yeah. a, a late cheerleader.
1: But we're going early today.
2: Yes, well, we're flip-flopping, aren't we? And that's good. And we go backwards again now. So anyway, there you go, Ketsia. Thank you to you and your sister for listening. Um, hello to New Zealand Thanks for nipping over and collecting the podcast every week. Um, so there you go, Pete. Negligence has been uh, taken care of, and I feel like we're back on track now, don't you? Sure, yeah. Onwards. Uh, any any other business before we talk about friends from you? Was there anything from your week and, and such? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've, I've just uh, almost nothing to report. I feel a bit like that, and I wonder if, if, if you listening as well have this sort of thing that it's kind of all back to normal, but in a way that... It's just there's nothing interesting happening Back to
1: normal without the fun. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's there's no fun little bits or... And there wasn't much fun going on before that, to be honest.
2: No, but it did feel, I suppose, at least that when everybody was just in lockdown doing nothing, there was a kind of community spirit knocking about. And now it just feels like everyone's sort of doing their job and therefore not being as fun and therefore nothing's happening. You know, it just feels like it's all back to normal, like you say, without anything really happening. And so I've got a sort of um, existential bleakness happening, I think that we've all oh. got a bit. Well, that's
1: a good note to start a
2: <laughs> Well, let us please at least fill half an hour of your week um, with uh, this chittle-chattle about the one with Barry and Mindy's wedding, huh?
1: That is the one we're doing today. And Dave, tell yeah. me, whose request is it? I'll let her tell you for herself. <sighs> I watch your podcast a lot and I don't know if you've done this one yet but I really want you to do the one where Rachel sings at Barry and Mindy's wedding because I didn't really like Richard so I was kind of happy when Monica broke up with him and I really like Ross and Rachel together so it's so sweet when they're a couple and it doesn't happen for very many episodes when they're a happy couple and then I just love Janice. By the way, I love your podcast so much. I've, like, the whole of lockdown, I've been listening to it.
2: Thanks, Lexi. That's Lexi that left us that Thanks, voice note. Thanks, Lexi. Lexi said she's, she she watches our podcast. Am I on camera? Yes, Pete, I've been filming you. Uh, Have you? <laughs> all this time. Mm. I do that all the time. I, I say... Watching podcast, listening to TV. I, I'm just my brain has never quite figured out um, the, the the verbs to the media. Quite often, it's 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 a uh, mm. it's something I really sympathise with. But there you go. no, I
1: am not I'm not secretly filming you. Don't worry. Oh, good. Maybe we should start that though. Petition to secretly film Pete, Anyone? Rather you didn't. If someone was to rig up my flat with cameras like Big Brother um i'd say that much like friend spin-off joey that wouldn't make it through more than one whole season <laughs> yeah we
2: like to all think that we have wonderfully interesting lives but especially at the moment you know there's only so many times someone can watch me move from my desk to the sofa and yeah. back during a day when i get a bit bored of work go and watch an episode of something and then go back it's it's not it's not going to be exciting viewing is it Lexi has picked a very good episode, though. Excellent episode. And she's given us sort of three talking points as well, which I really appreciate. So she's given us the Richard talking point. She's given us the Ross and Rachel talking point and the Janice talking point. And they are like, they're the three headlines, really, of this episode, aren't they? Yeah, um, there's
1: just a little bit going on in the background with Joey learning how to kiss men for yeah, a
2: role. Well, yes, exactly. Well, here's the actual synopsis. Season two, episode
1: 24, a season finale. Directed yes, by- which I, I sort of... I think with Friends, because of the way that I've watched them over the years, hmm. uh, back to back, I, I sort of forgot which episodes are season finales and which aren't. So it, it, always, it always stands out to me when I discover that a, a, big, a big episode was actually a, a finale.
2: Yeah, and this is an odd finale, I think, compared to... Is it, I think it's the only one, by my quick scan of maths, where there's not really a cliffhanger.
1: Like No, the, the cliffhanger is the Janice stuff, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah, and even that's not really a cliffhanger because the cliffhanger would have been Chandler going, oh my God, and we're not seeing who it is. You know, they, we still see everything we need to see, don't we? Yeah. And then they just sort of get together for a bit until she snogs the Mattress King. Um, but yeah, there's no, everything sort of resolves and, and that's the, uh, and I think I'm pretty sure, and someone will definitely correct me if I'm wrong, that that's the only finale where there's not some sort of uh, oh, my God, what's going to happen next type thing.
1: And oh, my God, and not knowing that it was Janice who walked in through the door would have actually been quite a good finish.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I was just thinking, like, if if had we seen that, and we'd seen Chandler go, oh, my God, and then that was the end credits, I guess there's not many people it could have been then. <laughs> I guess maybe that's yeah. the problem with the cliffhanger. We go, oh, it's Janice, is it? <laughs> he said her catchphrase, and it doesn't really have anyone else in his life that it could be that would be interesting or exciting. Directed by our good old friend Michael Lembeck. Oh, Mickey Lembs. Uh, yeah, uh, Rachel agrees to be the maid of honor at her ex-fiance's wedding, but a fashion faux pas focuses attention onto her more than the bride. Meanwhile, to get a role in Warren Beatty's new movie, Joey must practice kissing guys. Monica ponders her future with Richard and Chandler falls for a mystery internet woman who turns out to be his <laughs> ex-girlfriend Janice. Monica <laughs> breaks up with Richard because he doesn't want more children. Mystery internet woman. Interestingly, so there's, this is one of the only times I th- in memory of this podcast that we've got four separate storylines. I know two of yes. them were at the wedding, but they are you know Joey and the kiss, Rachel and Mindy, and Chandler's online dating, and Monica and Richard are sort of four different strands, aren't they?
1: Well, shall we do the briefer ones? Yes. Well, shall we start with Joey and the Kiss, shall we? Yes, That's I the, mean, I I'd had to Google something before the titles were even on, and that is who is Warren Beatty. They all say Warren Beatty, don't they? And yes, I always but thought it was Warren. That very Beatty. much, that very much looks like Beatty to me. Yes,
2: it does. I've always said Warren Beatty in my head, so we'll sort of mumble our way through it, like you, you know, when you're not sure how to pronounce Warren. It. <laughs> no. Yeah, Warren Beatty. Um, yes. Uh, what did you did you Google that at the point where they did the lion? What does Warren Beatty know about kissing?
1: Yes, because I I just thought, well, what does he know about? kissing but it turns out he's just a hugely successful actor classic sort of actor who has probably done lots of kissing well and a notorious womanizer
2: oh okay that's one of his things and also imagine that being a thing third warren Beatty fact well no interestingly and it could be reference to the womanizing but it's almost more likely to be a reference to the fact that he basically did the first uh snog on on film
1: the first ever star. The
2: first, well, the first French kiss, hello, uh, oh, wow. in a major Hollywood film was uh, Warren Beatty and Natalie Wood in 1961. Uh, picture Splendor in the Grass. Oh, well, um,. I suppose that is quite a, that is quite an iconic moment. then. Yeah, it? and I guess, like, you know, what does Warren Beatty know about kissing? He bloody invented it, mate. That's what yeah, he did. He invented kissing. He invented kissing. Uh, and then, uh, another side fact about this, which illustrates my previous point about uh, Warren Beatty's uh, penchant for the ladies. Uh, so him and Natalie Wood were an item during this film. Uh, and then after they broke up, Beatty went on to have a on-again, off-again relationship with Natalie Wood's younger sister, Lana. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, just 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 moving through the families, isn't he?
1: Oh, Christ. So, there you go. I
2: think here endeth our chat about Warren Beatty. But, yes, I did all the same sort of thing. But Warren Beatty, also famous man, very famous director, you know, actor and director. And I think it's kind of glossed over, but is this basically the peak of Joey's career?
1: <laughs> yes, it is. I did think that. It obviously is quite a huge yeah. deal. <laughs> But also, Joe, so Joey's problem is that he's told his his kissing isn't very good because he has to kiss a man in this, this film, doesn't he? He doesn't know what the problem is because he says he can't s- understand why this kiss that he's doing isn't working. Yeah. It doesn't occur to him that kissing a man and that not coming naturally to him might be the issue. It's interesting, isn't it? So the way,
2: I mean, there's we have the Friends uh, problematic alarm during this storyline a bit, don't we, in terms of how... Ross and Chandler deal with this situation. But in terms of how Joey deals with this situation, it's very, um, oof, I don't want to say the word woke, but it's very of 2020, isn't it? He's very much like, oh yeah, I got a kiss a man. He said I was a bad kisser. And he's very much, I mean, whether it's problematic or not, that he's basically trying to force himself on his male friends continuously through the episode. But he's very comfortable and open to it, isn't he?
1: Yes. And I. what I will say in in Chandler and Ross's defence is that I don't really see it as them not wanting to kiss Joey because he's a man. It's it like I do think that if if someone was to ask me to kiss them as a practice thing, right like and they were one of my closest friends, regardless of their gender, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I guess that's, yeah. So you, so you think it's more that they just think it's weird to
2: kiss a close friend?
1: I mean, it's Shanna and Ross, so no, it's because they're <laughs> homophobes, but but still... I just feel the
2: sort of, the
1: level to which they
2: uh, say no is, you know, they Ross says, over oh, well, my dead body, and Shanna says, and I'll be using his dead body as a shield, as yeah. if... We have just seen Phoebe, her and Joey absolutely go at it in a sort of, oh, I'm just a friend doing you a favour type way. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, d- I don't know. Maybe No, maybe you are right. It just did feel like you say. It's Chandler and Ross, isn't it? They're very, they're very
1: torn. It wouldn't be out of character for them, would it?
2: Uh, Joey continually trying to get off with them or sort of find ways to kiss them is very funny through this episode, isn't it?
1: And the desperate attempt to even get Richard on board yeah. as well by running out the flat is great <laughs> as well.
2: Yeah, I mean this goes back to the the age old thing of like, why does Joey have no actor friends? Like, surely there's a yeah. number of actors that he knows that you just go, guys, it's for a, an audition with Warren Beatty. Like, gives gives a little hand here, but um, but yeah, no, I mean. Uh, it's basically that's it isn't it it's just it's just a little trickle of a plot going through where joey's continually trying to make out with the male friends in the in the group and richard until right at the end ross has a big moral conscience um moment and goes oh i'm gonna do it you know i'm a bad for i've been a bad friend and uh and then it's too late because joey didn't get it at the end done done so the other non-wedding plot i guess is the next one right Yes,
1: Chandler. Chandler's mystery internet lady. (laughs) I do think that it's funny how badly it's aged that they judge Chandler for getting to know someone online. Whereas now you'd kind of see that as the best way to get to know someone before dating them. Well,
2: I mean, absolutely. In the last six months as well, you know? Well, yes, of course. Recording this, if you're listening in the future, this is very much mid 2020. So we're in lockdown ahoyness. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, they, they're so, it's so alien to them, isn't it? They, they, I mean, I'd say what happens is Chandler comes in in the same clothes he was wearing last night, which I'm not sure why that's necessary considering all he's done is stay up all night on the internet chatting.
1: Yes. And if you are just up all night, very formal wear, he is wearing a shirt. Yes. So that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah. quite a formal dress to be wearing while, uh, chilling at home on the internet all
2: night. Well, exactly. And he's, and, and, and he's clearly not changed before going across to Monica and Rachel's apartment at say like 10 or 11 in the morning whatever time it's supposed to be um I would have thought if you're staying up all night yeah you'd, you'd be you'd be in your lounge wear, wouldn't you also nobody's interesting enough to keep you up literally all night um interesting you, yeah, I think you're not no. you've never done a sort of not all night
1: all night literally all night
2: as in not sleeping at all yeah. No, I guess the sort of up till 4 or 5 a.m. chatting and then you go to sleep like a normal human is probably... That's very different. Very different. Yes, I get what you mean. But even if he has been up all night, just have a quick shower, mate, before you nip to see your friends, you smelly bastard. (laughs) Uh, But then we do get... I mean, a lot of this plot is wonderfully just looking at the old computers now, isn't it?
1: Yes, and I do like the moment as well where... Where he says that he knows her, he knows this person that he's talking to, and at that point, sort of strokes the laptop as well. <laughs> yeah, like caresses quite, it with his hand. Haven't quite figured out the
2: internet back in this no. time, have they? I but- do
1: like that Phoebe refers to the girl as Chandler's cyber chick because I think I think that is <laughs> cyber is such a nineties internet term, isn't it?
2: Yes, exactly. Cyber. Are you on? Are you surfing the web? Cyber surfing dating? The net um not only does she call her the cyber chick but i say my favorite exchange maybe of the whole episode is when phoebe looks over chandler's shoulder and goes oh my god what's all that and like sort of points at the screen up and down as if be like what's all this and like in my head i'm imagining like ms dos code and you know loads of confusing yeah. stuff and he goes it's a website <laughs> and she's like oh my god what is that and it's proper like it's re- that really aged it more than anything that yeah, it does. um Do you remember the H H uh, abbreviation? I don't think I do. No, I don't. I I, I don't think I ever H H holding hands. I'm trying to remember what the old sort of abrevs were. On I mean, it was it was lol, wasn't it, which was, has stood the test of time. Really? ASL, that was the big one on on sort of old yeah. dating, wasn't BRB. it? BRB, BRB, all that sort of stuff. Do you remember when you used to end text messages with like TB?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Text back.
2: Text <Like>, back. <laughs> I mean, it's mad to think back now that the assumption was that you wouldn't text back unless <laughs> I request it. Or you're sort of saying, I know my message really isn't that interesting enough for you to naturally text back. So,
1: But I still want here's one. Here's my formal request <laughs> for a reply. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, Phoebe gets quite oddly involved in this, doesn't she? So they're trying to, at one point, Phoebe does, I'd say the classic... She's sort of ahead of her time a bit in the sense of she's gone full catfish theorem, hasn't she? And she goes, what if it's not a woman? What if it's a 90-year-old man? Or You know, we better check this out. And the only way she can think to check this out is by asking what I would suspect is quite an odd question to ask a stranger you're just chatting to.
1: Yeah, and Chandler doesn't question it
2: at all. Doesn't question it. She says, ask her what her current method of birth control is. Yeah. Which isn't a flawless plan if this is someone pretending to be a woman anyway, as if that's going to throw them off. You well, know? I
1: mean, if the answer to that was just condoms, that doesn't actually tell you anything, does it? <laughs> no.
2: Is that, I don't know. I, I was trying to, I was generally trying to figure out if that's the sort of, um, is that us being sort of strangely Britishly prude by not sort of having these
1: conversations very early on? But I don't I don't imagine that's that's something you chat to someone about when you're just getting to know them, is it? No, I I, I certainly never come up on sort
2: of dating apps when I've been chatting to, you know, you're like, oh, chat about normal stuff, make some jokes, reference things you both like. Oh, Are you on the pill? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It it feels very presumptuous and forward, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, But yeah, Chandler does it with no question. They don't question that at all. And then the, the revelation comes that her method of birth control is that her husband is sleeping with his secretary. So she's sort of revealed she's married. And this throws Chandler into a big old tizzy spin, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, he he does he does have a terrible reaction to it, doesn't it? But uh, of course, it ends up with him getting a nice kiss. Well, yeah, and like in fairness to him, it's a it's an interesting moment to drop that bombshell,
2: isn't it? After you've been chatting all night, you haven't stopped chatting. That's so much chatting.
1: Yeah, that's something which should have come up earlier, shouldn't
2: it? it should have it come up earlier, and maybe if it's only coming up now, maybe not in the form of a little throwaway joke.
1: Yes, <laughs> like fair maybe point. be like,
2: by the way, just so you know. I am married, but it's not going so well. Um, but yeah, so then eventually Phoebe's solution is, why don't you just meet up with her?
1: Which I feel, why why isn't
2: he asked her name? Right. So there's a number of problems here, isn't there? So at no point have they exchanged any information that would easily identify each other. For example, mm. like how have you chatted all night and then for a couple of more days without... Uh, asking whereabouts you live, what job you do, what you're interested in, you know, like all of the
1: things that also arranging to meet at Central Perk. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's going to be one of Ross, Joey, and Chandler or Gunther. Or
2: Gunther? Yeah, exactly. If you were Janice and, and this guy's like, Do you want to meet at Central Perk? You'd be like, Do you know what? Like, do you mind if we don't?
1: Because that mm. place is where my ex and the name Chandler. Is. It's not like there's going to be loads of Chandlers around, is there? Well,
2: yeah, have they said, but I presume they just haven't said the, the names, right?
1: Surely not. Otherwise, they'd have been like, well, it would, there would have been no plot, would there? No, but this is
2: the thing is I'm, I'm fascinated as to what they've been talking about. If they haven't revealed any personal information, that means they would be vaguely identifiable. You know, if Chandler goes, oh, I live in Greenwich Village and I'm a data processor and I'm 28 years old or however old he is. Or, you know, oh, my flatmate, Joe. You know, like all the, th- the casual things that would drop into a conversation of that length. Uh, at some point. They just haven't talked about it. so they clearly just been talking about the Guggenheim Museum for <laughs> for the whole fucking interaction. She's agreed to make a Central Perk. Why has Chandler taken all the friends with him?
1: Yes. Um, I, I I feel like Central Perk was, was a terrible choice of venue, but given the nature of these six people, it's the only place they would have chosen. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
2: But I would have thought that if you were meeting in Chandler's head at this stage, I feel like it's become... I'm about to meet my soulmate for the first time. Like, this is what he's built it up to be, isn't it? You know, this person really gets me more than anyone else. We've chatted, we've chatted, we've chatted all night. This is a big moment, isn't it? So just hang out with my five friends and wait for her to turn up and then she can hang out with all six of us. Yeah, a bit weird, isn't it's it? strange. Um, but yeah, there is Janice. There's a lot of oh my godding. The end. That's the end of the se- the whole season, basically, isn't it? <laughs>
0: That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than six million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash acast. That's greenlight.com slash acast.
1: Right, we're onto the two wedding plots now, aren't we? I mean why are they why are they going? And that applies to all four people involved here. <laughs> well, they have a conversation, don't they, Rachel and Ross, about we don't
2: have to go, basically. And Rachel's like, "Oh, I promised I'd go and be the maid of honor." Mad, but I mean, yeah, it's it's mad enough that Ross and Rachel are going. Really, it's insane that Monica and Richard are there.
1: Why are they there? There is no there is no explanation for it. Monica wasn't even at the wedding, original wedding that, Barry and that Rachel. Rachel's, no. Yeah, exactly. So would not have met Mindy. <laughs> so clearly doesn't know Barry because again, wasn't at the wedding, wasn't invited. So Why are they
2: there? I really enjoy... People theor- People on Reddit and, and various places that I sort of look when I'm doing research for episodes uh, are theorising, and one of the leading theories is uh, Barry and Richard somehow know each other because they're both doctors of Cons- some sort. medical, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Barry's an orthodontist and Richard's an optician. I mean,
1: it's more plausible than, than anything else, I think, uh, <laughs> that they could come up with.
2: Like they met at some sort of, uh, you know, basic medical health function party. Um, and therefore they've been invited to the wedding. But yeah, I mean, the whole wedding setup is kind of odd, isn't it? And we'll go, we'll sort of jump back to the start of the plot in a minute. But when Rachel meets Mindy and Barry for the first time, it's after the wedding. Like, Mindy comes out and she would be like, Rachel, nice to see you. She's the maid of honour. Like, is that the first
1: time they've interacted on the day? And Barry Barry tells family and friends that rachel has at syphilis rather than explain she left him yeah i feel like there are a lot of alternative options between telling the truth and syphilis like he <laughs> he, he left a lot of potential plausible reasons left them to one side and to coin a phrase went straight for syphilis yeah yeah you <laughs> really did it's it's i i cannot think
2: how many options I would have to exhaust before I use that as a genuine yeah. sort of excuse to people?
1: I can understand that he obviously is quite angry with Rachel. Therefore, don't invite her to your next wedding, mate. Right? Um, but so might make up something nasty about her. Um,
2: syphilis is just yeah, it's it's odd, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's such an odd thing, and and also doesn't syphilis. If you like, if the idea is you're trying to sort of. Um, uh, besmirch the name of the other person syphilis really implicates you quite heavily in that as well yes isn't?
1: absolutely suggests that you may be the source of it
2: yeah or at least you've you've also caught it and had it like what a strange strange excuse to make and it's very people going mad from syphilis is very 17th century isn't it yes
1: it does sound quite medieval doesn't it <laughs> it's,
2: it's very off of the olden days or like pirates maybe yeah, right it's just uh, the fact that none of Barry's um, friends and family really questioned it is also strange
1: I do think it's really underestimated how much this wedding is ruined like can you if can you imagine being at a wedding where the following things happen yeah the best man jokes about the ex who is sat there the ex's boyfriend stands up in front of everyone to defend the ex (laughs) the groom makes a really horrible joke in front of everyone about a sweepstake for when rachel walks out the ex gets up and insults the groom but somehow they all (laughs) overlook that because rachel sings some barry manilow (laughs)
2: like—I mean—you've basically written word for word what I've what I've put there. Imagine being at that wedding. Yeah, she's
1: insane.
2: Because also, not not even just all the other stuff that's awful, like the, the best man speech and Ross getting up and that. Nobody in that room knows. The Copacabana backstory that Rachel (laughs) had to stand up at eighth grade or whatever and sing it. And that was her most embarrassing moment. So really, actually, in terms of Rachel proving to the uh, assembled masses that she is, in fact, not insane. It's not a great look to just be like, do you know what? I think there's only one way we're going
1: to solve this. Her name was Lola. (laughs) There is one extra, though. There's one extra in it who I think does have the facial expression that i would have if i was there and there's this shot just after rachel starts singing and the shot is sort of from the other side of the table so you can see the guests at the table and there's a woman who looked very close to the camera she's one of the guests there and she has this look on her face of why the fuck am I singing Copacabana at a wedding? <laughs> yeah. And that is the best sort of natural reaction. That's the most natural thing about this whole wedding is that woman's reaction.
2: Yeah, it's it's so bizarre, isn't it? The whole the whole thing is is completely baffling and also just imagine being mindy i know we don't we're not really horrible wedding we're not on the side of mindy but your entire wedding day is other people just referring to your new husband's ex
1: (laughs) it's just it's just a horrible wedding (laughs) it's a
2: really really awful experience for everybody and also coming back to the best man speech is that the worst best man speech of all time and he, he opens with a jibe at rachel then his, the entirety, the entire contents of his actual heartfelt best man speech are looking at Barry and Mindy going, I wish you both the best. And then he goes, and Rach, and starts talking to Rachel again. That's it. Yeah,
1: he's, really, he's, a, he's an annoying prick he is, isn't he? Lasts about 45
2: seconds and 30 seconds of that is him referring to Rachel again. Like, he's not put any effort. I've, I've only done one best man speech in my time, mate, but I bloody agonised over that thing for hours. I didn't just go, wish you all the best, lads. Barry,
1: Mindy, and the best man are incredibly unlikable, aren't they?
2: Awful, awful people. A lot of them.
1: I did Google something else uh, during this episode, and that was: do pigeons explode if they eat rice? Yes. True, um, right? Uh, no, they don't explode, but they, uh, it's not good. Urban myth. Right? So, would you like? Well, would you like the verdict of the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds? Always. So basically, the reason I'm talking about this is because Monica makes reference to. Giving pigeons rice at a wedding. Also, throwing rice at a wedding is a bit old fashioned as well, isn't it? Yeah, I've always thought it's a bit weird as well, just
2: throwing rice in general. So it's an odd awesome <laughs> substance of Where does that
1: come from? Yeah. It's a very. <laughs> why, right? Anyway, pigeons, uh, if they have it, while many smaller birds are unable to digest uncooked rice, but they'd love a risotto, um, <laughs> pigeons are among those that can digest it. Oh, really? So, they'd have a bit of a tummy ache, but...
2: Yeah, there's the old urban myth, isn't there, that the rice sort of swells in their stomach and makes them very ill, which I thought was, was real. Makes but them pop, yeah. Not real at all, just they can digest it.
1: Mm. So, oh, well, well done to what, those guys.
2: I know how I'm spending my afternoon, Pete, <laughs> taking a bag of rice down Trafalgar Square. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you notice that the band that is playing the... Uh, you know, actually, good band, quite impressive. They pick up on Rachel's song that they hadn't planned to play, play it yeah. in the right key, all join in, everyone's having a nice time. Um, everyone is not having a nice time no, everyone's having a dreadful time aren't they but it, it, weirdly it seems to be the moment that calms everybody down into just being going back to being a normal wedding doesn't it
1: yeah it's true
2: uh, but did you notice who the band were
1: no is it Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> stop saying Hootie
2: and the Blowfish you don't know who they are no I don't okay. it's the Swing Kings
1: Oh, is it? Well,
2: it's the same band and it's the same singer that's at Monica and Chandler's wedding. So I presume, unless they've reformed, Wait, and if renamed. You just,
1: if you just clock that, because you recognise the people, or do they have swing kings like on their drum kit?
2: No, they don't have it at all on it. I just recognise the the dude. Oh, Dave! It might that's not be the very. Sa- that's, that's very uh, in depth. Friends. Are you going to come at me for delving too deeply into friends?
1: <laughs> is that <laughs> what you're? Is that the is? audacity of it, Dave? <laughs>
2: i can't believe that's that's this is the first time in you watch friends really carefully you (laughs) fucking nerd (laughs) first time in three years that you've gone you know what you've gone too far now yeah uh yeah sorry about that but yeah it's the same dude
1: shame chandler didn't get an invite because he loves the swing kings
2: well yes chandler's found them separately and monica didn't even realize she'd seen them before uh, there you go. So I mean, there you go. That's that's that is the uh, extent to which I will refer to the. Imagine being the renter wedding band for friends. Well, yeah. I mean, presumably it is just some mates of the producers, you know, that yeah. are in a wedding band and they've gone. Well, I mean, anytime there's a wedding, guys, you're in. But um, yeah, that'd be quite cool actually. To be fair, wouldn't it? As a little gig goes, I'd I'd have liked to have been in the wedding band for all of the friends' weddings as a sort of little fact about me. That'd be nice. Take your little
1: it? keyboard along. What's what's with the little? Sorry, that was quite
2: patronizing wasn't it? <laughs> Take your little keyboard Take along, your
1: little plug-in keyboard. Play <laughs> a
2: little couple of funny tunes and see if <laughs> anyone dances. Um, we haven't talked about Rachel's dress, actually, very much, have we?
1: Well, what is there to say? Awful, bright pink, gross. Is I it? do love that she compares it to, essentially, Calpol, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, a Pepto-Bismol, is it, I think? Yeah. The, the sort of pinkness. Yeah, what is the... I mean, is, is it a prank? Is it Mindy sort of doing a revenge on Rachel for some... Like... Surely nobody thinks that's the look that they want at their wedding.
1: Uh, No, it's it's and even if it was fashionable, well, it wasn't even fashionable at the time because Rachel thinks it's hideous, and Rachel knows her fashion. Well,
2: exactly, Um, and it does like it, it. Strangely, when she puts it on at the start of the episode, isolated, it looks awful. But it looks even worse when her and Ross are stood there, and he's wearing a dinner jacket. Like it really underlines how dreadful it is as a look. But yeah, I mean. Maybe all that stuff we said earlier about the wedding being dreadful experience. I mean Mindy ruined the bloody wedding before it even started with the yeah, bridesmaids' dresses, didn't she? She got really?
1: the wedding she deserved. Um and,
2: and the whole finally about the wedding, the Ross and Rachel element of it. The whole Rachel walking down the aisle with her ass hanging out. It's quite a weird storyline that, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes, it
2: is. It didn't didn't really didn't really need to be there, did it?
1: No. Because she, it's it's already bad enough for her, yeah. Yeah, and it's, well, yeah. everyone everyone thinks she's got syphilis, so they're not going to be asked about the fact she's got her ass out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and we come to Monica and Richard, really, don't we? Now, which is um... it's all very serious and adult and grown up. This isn't it. It there, is. There aren't many laughs in this bit.
2: Not many laughs at all. Um, in fact can't really oh no there's do you know what there's one really great line in this plot line that i really enjoy and that's when they're talking about having kids in the future like a hound yeah <laughs> and she says bassinet and he goes like a hound and she says no 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 not not a basset uh, and then he says do you really need the bassinet and monica's line i just think the baby would keep falling off the dog it's <laughs> yeah. really funny like yeah, it's, it's really sort of just a quick throwaway line, but it made me laugh out loud on the watchback. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's mainly just it's quite serious. This isn't it? they're really loved up, they're really happy. Monica sort of goes, "What about the future?" And Richard goes, "You are the future." basically. you know. It's very lovely and wholesome, isn't it? Um, until the, the the kids rear their head.
1: Yeah, adult relationship, which is perhaps. Uh the the tone of anything that Richard does, any jokes about him are always tend to be that he's a he's a, grown a grown up. big adult, yeah. big grown up. And that moment towards the end where Monica says, well, "What do we do now?" and he says, "Keep dancing." And yeah. there's just this sort of, there's no there's no laugh at the end of that. That's that's it. It's just no. they're over.
2: It's heartbreaking, actually, isn't it? That yeah, little it's moment very sad. because yeah. it's a real two people breaking up, even though they both clearly are head over heels in love with each other.
1: And that's actually also probably one of the first adult relationship plot lines among the six of the friends as well. Obviously, Ross has already had his divorce, but this feels quite grown up for Monica to come to this conclusion as well. And it also feels sort of quite 30s rather than mid-20s. We're all having so much fun in New York. it's, It's quite adult in itself.
2: It is very grown up to get to that point, isn't it? Where you think... Even though I love this person now and I'm happy now, thinking to the future, that's very grown up. I don't even think I'd necessarily be able to do that now. You know, yeah. just go, I, uh, but I guess we're all Arrested Development, aren't we? And we're just like, bury our heads in the sand. The future yeah. will be fine. But it is very the opposite of that, isn't it? Um, I, d- I mean, it's the only point, actually, that I disagree with Lexi, who requested the episode. And I, d- I just, I do really
1: like Richard. Uh, Yeah, I, I quite like Richard. I think he's a good I've, I've, a good guy. We, why have we picked this bit to talk about last? Because end. it's really bleak. I know,
2: but this is how the bloody season ends, basically, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, well, we can always pivot back to the Richard's problematic elements, can't we?
1: I like, remember the f- and blowing up in the <laughs> rice. <right. laughs>
2: but yes, let's not gloss over the fact that Richard is dating his best friend's daughter, who's 21 years younger than him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think on the whole, I mean, maybe we like Richard because he is just a, a bit of a grown-up amongst the idiots, he'll be back he'll be back and then actually yeah weirdly you pivot away from liking Richard when he comes back don't you he becomes a foil to Chandra and Monica so there you go well way to end on a fucking bleak note eh (laughs) sorry guys um got anything fun and silly to say before we end Pete (laughs)
1: No. <laughs> Shall I, wait, Hang on, hang on let's let's end with, I'll give you some facts about pigeons.
2: Okay, well do you know what, I'm going to say goodbye now just in case because I can't okay. promise I'll be here for the whole thing.
1: Okay. Um, away you go A baby pigeon is called a squab. Breeds all year round with peak breeding periods in the spring and summer. Wild birds breed on coastal cliffs and some inland cliffs. I mean that's just a bird fact um, oh, they, Pigeons are fucking boring See you next week.
0: Have you made the switch to Nick's? That's nix.com, promo code try15 for 15% off life changing period underwear. That's knix.com.
1: Acast powers the
2: world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
0: Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl.